This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Swing high ball! Built to right center! And the Braves have won it! There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. A walk-off homer from Freeman, and the Braves win it! Welcome, everyone, to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager. Usually, this would be the point at which I introduce my co-host and co-pilot, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. Greg actually had knee replacement surgery a couple days ago, so he's at home resting up, healing up, and uh, hopefully he'll be back here very soon. Uh, I got to tell you, you know, if, you, if you've listened to Behind the Braves, uh, if you're a regular listener, you heard us talk about a couple weeks ago me going and playing golf with uh, with Greg and a couple other folks from the Braves front office. And I got to tell you, he was pretty much just playing on one leg. I mean, the knee has been giving him a, a lot of trouble. And even on one leg, uh, this man went out there and still uh, made us all look silly. I mean, he's just, uh, it's pretty incredible to watch uh, what he could do. So I'm that much more afraid of going and playing golf with him next year when he's all healed up on uh, on two healthy legs. So anyways, uh, all our best to Greg. We know that uh, he'll be back here as soon as he can. In the meantime, I thought that uh, this would be a great opportunity to bring in somebody that if you are a regular attendee of Atlanta Braves games here at Truist Park, then no doubt you are very familiar with this man. Uh, Mark Owens, 15 seasons now as the on-field and in-game host for the Atlanta Braves. He just does such an amazing job uh, in that role. Beloved by Braves fans and such a, a huge and integral part of the game day experience for fans here at Truist Park. So thought it'd be a great chance to have Mark come in and just talk a little bit about his career and how he ended up here. So without further ado, here he is, Mark Owens. Well, I figured if I was going to have somebody uh, when, when Michael's not here, it needs to be somebody else with uh, an alleged Southern twang. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Mark Owens, uh, of course, you all know him. You love him. Long time. What, 15 years now? It's my 15th season. Oh, my gosh. How did that happen? Uh, this was originally a two-year gig for beer and Vegas money. Perfect. 15 years later, married with an eight-year-old, it's princess and mortgage money. So <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you quickly how it got started. I mean, I was born and raised a Braves fan. I mean, I was born, you know, dad used to take us down to Fulton County Stadium, pack up all the kids from Oregon Park out in West, West Cobb, put us all in the family truckster. We'd head down there to, to uh, you know, Fulton County Stadium. He'd give us all our little dollar tickets. And he would simply say, all right, kids, 
Y'all go have fun. Uh, I'll see you back here in the eighth inning. And so we just run around the ballpark and just go crazy and have fun. And this was back in the day when the Braves were no good. So we'd all come back, you know, to the car and we'd all have 10 foul balls with us because nobody's in the stadium to begin with. So, I mean, I grew up going to you know, going to Braves games and just I played baseball growing up. Um, I played at Oregon Park and then I went to Harrison High School and then I got to Harrison. And this was back in the mid 90s when... Corey Patterson was playing and Adam Everett was playing. Bruce Suter was a coach out there. Uh, Ben and Chad Suter were playing baseball. So I got to Harrison. I'm like, all right, I was a catcher playing at Oregon Park. Let's go. And then I got to Harrison and quickly realized I have absolutely no athletic ability. (laughs) So I had to figure out how to get on the field for the Atlanta Braves without being able to play baseball. So I started taking um, theater classes at Harrison and I just kind of honed the craft of just being a ham and I I found out I absolutely love being on stage. I love being in front of some. There are some people and if anybody's ever done theater like musicians and you know even athletes will say the same thing about being on the field. There's almost this you're comfortable on the stage. And so, you know, to have that microphone in my hand, I'm almost more comfortable doing that than just about anything else. So here we are, got the opportunity back in 07 as just the originally the Plaza host out at Turner Field. And so it wasn't even, it wasn't even in stadium. It was just the Plaza. Just the Plaza. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and this was uh, just the pep rally stuff out with the heavy hitters and the Tomahawk team. And uh, that uh, that's when Dollar was doing it. And my first year there, I think it was his third season. And he said at the end of that season, he's like, all right, I'm done. And then they were like, all right, kid, you're up. And I was like, two seasons in and I'm 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 getting called up. And so within that second season, now here we go. Started on the big screen. I hadn't turned back. That's awesome. So let's see. Oh, all right. So first season on the big screen. Oh, it was 08. 08. So my first okay. season was 08. And I'll tell you, here's something kind of funny. My very first night on the big screen, um, Dollar had taken a night off and it was a Friday night and the Cubs were in town. And you know that the Cubs travel very, very well. So it was a sold out Friday night game with 50,000 fans at Turner Field. My first time ever up on the big screen hosting all the games and being the host and the MC. And Scott Cunningham walks up to me and he goes, all right, Mark, you ready? I said, yeah, yeah, I think so. And he goes, you're nervous? I said, yeah, yeah, I am a little bit. And he goes, let me give you a piece of advice. I said, yes, sir, I'll take anything you can give me. He goes, don't screw this up. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, Scott, and 15 years later, I haven't screwed up. Yeah, that's uh, so my my first day on this in this job, not in the podcasting job, but on the mm-hmm. social media side, one of my, like literally one of the first ever tweets I sent from the Braves account was so bad in that it's still, it still now gets made fun of now amongst what was my it? coworkers. Uh, it was a I was trying to be funny and and I had been tweeting like as a fan just a Braves fan for like on my own for my personal account mm-hmm. for years and I was just trying to fire off a one-off tweet like like I was tweeting from my personal account and I learned quickly you can't do that from a brand oh, account no. I made a, a Limp biscuit reference trying to make a joke and it got roasted as it should have because it was it, the joke just sucked <laughs> it was terrible and so now seven seasons in almost a thousand games in and that's still uh, Greg Myers my boss still loves to bring that up from time to time still and it, it, I'll tell you it took me a couple years before I could laugh about it yeah and now I think it's it's funny. Uh, so the Chicago Cubs had the goat, and you had Fred Durst. I had Fred Durst. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the Limp Bizkit's kind of trying to make a comeback now. So I, I'm like, I think I'm I'm going to try to spin zone this into I was actually way ahead of the curve. Like I knew they were going to come back. Do you still have the screenshot of the original tweet? 
Oh, I don't have to because my my <laughs> boss literally has it saved and it just gets sent on DMs and texts. It's oh, it's, if, it's there. Some, it's still, no, the tweet is still live, by the way. It's, it's still it's oh, at, yeah, at yeah. Braves on Twitter. Yeah. So yeah. this was what oh seven? No, this was this was twenty fifteen. Oh, seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. So twenty fifteen. Yeah. Okay, let 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 me go back for a second because I know we've known each other for a very long time. I remember the first time I met you. You were going for the fan of the year. It was it was uh, I think it well maybe maybe it was before. Before. I thought it was because I was going to bring this up uh, because a lot happened on this particular day, October fifth, two thousand twelve. Um, was that? It was that was an infield fly roll night. That was that, the was, infant, that, that was that day. I think I have it blocked. I just know it was October twelfth. Uh, that's all I was. Gonna, I know I was going to bring it up. Um, so that morning. So I had just done a year in the MLB fan cave, and then was done with that, and then I'd done some dumb like or some silly Braves like parody song videos mm-hmm. that threw on, on YouTube, and so I got invited to come down and be on uh, the regular guys. I think that was the name of the show, right? Yeah. And you were you were were you a producer? I was. Were, yeah, or? I was kind of producer, and I was kind of yeah, I'm a mix master mark is what they called me on okay. the regular guys. Okay. Because uh, I remember meeting you that morning, and then that night I went to the game that night, and then I was like, oh. You're on the big screen. I was like, I just met him this morning. That's crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> he was uh, running aboard at 5 a.m. and now he is getting booed by 50,000 fans. Well, okay. I didn't want to go right into that, but yeah, let's go into that because I remember that vividly. We all know what happened with mm-hmm. the, the infield fly and that in the terrible call and all yeah. of that, and then fans start throwing stuff on the field and the booing and all of that. As soon as you came up on the screen, I saw and I thought you handled it perfectly. And what shocked me was how many people did not didn't understand what you were like what right. you were getting ready to say like I knew what you were getting ready to say because mm-hmm. you started with something like I'm sure you remember it but or maybe you don't maybe you no I do yeah. okay because I remember like you're going hey Braves fans we love your passion this is why you're the best fans in baseball there you go but then please stop throwing stuff on the field and then they start booing I'm like oh, how did y'all not know this is what he was getting ready to ask you to do I like, did yeah. a massive Hulk Hogan heel turn <laughs> it was the worst promo in Braves history so that I disagree I think it was great that night was such a way, and we'll just go to the end, and, yeah. and when the fans start throwing stuff on the field, we all have our memories, but everybody always said, so what happened leading to you getting booed by 50,000 fans? So, at Turner Field, my perch was high above left field by the Coca-Cola corner, and it was a great view, uh, you know, it had a great shot of the of the field behind us and everything, and then the fans started throwing stuff on the field. Well, Melanie, who was the, at the time uh, in fan entertainment, and she was my stage manager, now it's Jesse Powell, um, at the time, Melanie was with me, and she's always the one that if you ever see me at my perch, you know, there's always somebody with me with a headset on that's in communication with everybody, you know, run here, do this, you know, get ready, get set up for this. So me and Mel were just leaning on the railing and it was sold out crowd. I mean, it was mm-hmm. postseason. No, we were trying to get, no, it was, it was a wild, it was, it was wild card game. It was the first ever uh, wild card game yes. or NL wild card game. And yeah. it, it was Chipper's last season too. Yeah. yeah. What turned out to be his, his last, last game. game. Yeah. And so, um, so we're leaning on the rail, completely sold out and up there in Sky Field, it was standing room only. So we had a couple of thousands well-hydrated fans sure. standing surrounding <laughs> us. Sure. So fans are throwing stuff. Me and Mel, eyes just wide going, this is surreal. Like, what is happening? And all of a sudden, Mel steps back, and she puts her, she had her, her IFB in or her headset on. She goes, okay, go ahead. Okay. All right. And I kind of turn around and look at her, and she mouths at me. She goes, get set up. I'm like, set up for what? <laughs> what What are we about to do? And she goes, okay, copy. Okay. Her words to me were, we're coming to you in about 10 seconds. You got to get the crowd under control. Oh, and I'm like, God. I host the tool race. Like, <laughs> I don't deal in crowd control and security. So she's like, all right. And she's doing the count now, five, four. And then all the fans around me, I mean, they're rabid. They are livid. People are throwing stuff in my section, you know. Right. And... 
so uh, uh, so three, two, one, come to me. And I'm like, all right, uh, you know, I can't be a heel immediately. And I'm just yeah. like, this is why you're the best fans in all of baseball. Yeah. But you got to stop throwing stuff <laughs> on the boo, boo, how dare you, boo. Now, of that whole situation, looking back, it really is funny. At the moment, the only time I got a little uncomfortable is, again, because we're just surrounded by fans. This is standing room only. Everybody's, you know, nice and inebriated. And, I, and there was a fan standing next to me because the perch was a little bit of a stage. And so I'm up about three feet off the ground. And there was a fan standing next to me. And I kind of out of the corner as the crowd's losing their mind, I'm letting them breathe before I continue on. And I kind of out of the corner of my eye, I hear him saying, watch, I'm going to throw this at him. And he had a beer can in his hand. Now, thankfully, I had a security guard up there at the time and she heard it too. And she looked at him. She said, if you throw that at him, I'm going to grab you by your ear and drag you out of here. And he was like, oh, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm not going to do it. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. It was the only time I got a little nervous, but you know, it it, it didn't work, but there's a great YouTube video out there of it. And I've seen it a couple times before, but you you literally, the booze drown out whatever we were trying to message. We were trying to convey after that. But great, memorable moment. Well, people always say, well, what are some of your most memorable moments? I mean, that's, well, before the 2021 season. Sure. That was always number one. Yeah. it's. I'll have to go back and watch it on YouTube because it's still, I've never seen it again. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that it's just so vivid in my mind watching watching you up there. I just remember it. I, could, I can replay it in my mind right now. I was sitting, I was actually sitting on the third base line, but up underneath like the kind of the overhang there. Mm-hmm. So that was the scary part for me because I was, I was protected. Nothing was falling down on me, yeah. but seeing stuff fall down and like hitting people. And hitting like a, kids. And yeah. Hitting and that's when it's, fans. And that's when it's like, okay, this is like, we got to calm this, this down. Like, yeah. This, this yeah. is dangerous. This is, and it really is, it's a bad look. And I've always said before, I get the passion. I understand the passion. Right. Whoever said, especially after the 2021 season, whoever says that sports is not emotional, is not a sports fan. Right. So that's a prime example, you know, yeah. of how. It was kind of funny, though. I was talking to the grounds crew afterwards, and, I mean, they were picking up mustard bottles from the 75 Club that were being thrown on the field. One, somebody, and you, oh, let me give you a heads up. If you do go watch that YouTube video, mm-hmm. just type in infield fly rule Braves or whatever. Just, it's not safe for work because it's a fan shot video. Fair. And there's, there's a lot of F-bombs that are dropped. So just sure. a heads up. You don't want to gather the family around Thanksgiving table and be like, hey, let's watch this video of the Braves. <laughs> you know, just a heads up. But they, they, have a, they have a ball. The grounds crew had a ball for many years after this was over. Someone had caught a foul ball or a home run ball. They were so livid by what had happened with the infield fly rule. They had written an obscenity, blank you, on the ball and thrown it back out onto the field. They actually took the time to write it and then throw it. Now so, that is something. But okay. the souvenir should have been, I have a foul ball or a home run ball from the infield fly rule night. Yeah. Not, I showed them. I know. They th- could have had a ball from that game from what turned out to be Chipper Jones' final game in the big leagues, and they and a well, game that every Braves fan knows. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. I feel like that was kind of. I think that was. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm alone in this, but I feel like that night, and I'm with you. Like that's we shouldn't be doing that. That shouldn't happen. Right. But um, there, there were the narrative, which we talked a lot about this offseason, killing the narrative, and it's yeah. dead. Thank goodness. But I think I think there was that was kind of the beginning of the the pushback on the Atlanta sports fan narrative if you will, yeah. of can't sell out a playoff game, mm-hmm. not fan, passion, bandwagon not, fans, bandwagon, not yeah. a great sports city, all that crap that yeah. I, that you and I know is just, it's, it's not true. It's not true, but you, but at the same time, you've got to give us a reason. Like we yeah, will sure. support. Absolutely. We, and we, me and you have been here before at, at Truist, at 
Turner at, you know, well, we didn't work, but fans at Fulton County Stadium, we have been there before at the end of the season when the Braves are limping out of the season, third place in the East. It's a final game of the season. It's a Sunday. It's the Marlins. And there's 4,000 people there. Sure. You know, that that's not, you can't get mad at fans. You know, they don't want to pay money to be let down. Absolutely. But I think this season proved that you put a product on the field and we will support you 100%. Yeah. Just look at the, look at the disparity or the, the difference between what the Astros had in Houston and what we had here. And maybe that's, it's where we're at as franchises. Houston's been in the World Series a couple mm-hmm. times now recently. We mm-hmm. hadn't been there in a long time. Mm-hmm. But you just look at what what it was like to try to get a ticket for You could get one a whole heck of a lot easier in Houston than you could here because there's just people were, were that passionate Did you know it, people so. who flew out to Houston just to go to the game? I did. Yeah. I did. Multiple I people. Yeah. And it was so great, too. And this is why I'm so proud. At the end of the day, and, and I'm going to backtrack a little bit here. Yeah. You know, I've had some fans, they've, they've called me every name in the book that think I'm hokey, I'm cheesy. They call me a carnival yard bar- barker. They call me... <laughs> You know, a homer. And and I'm okay with that because that means I'm a fan. I mean, I'm a fan first. And so I think that's why I've I've been able to, you know, maintain this position as your in-game host for 15 seasons now. Because when the Braves get beat, it hurts me. When the Braves are on fire, I'm having just as much fun. The only difference between me and you is I can't sit down and have a beer and a hot dog. But I am just as fired up and I'm having just as much fun as the fans are. And so with that being said, when we won game six out in Houston to see how many fans were cheering and to see how many fans were behind the dugout watching the ceremony, man, that gave me goosebumps. Yep. It was like, good on you. Bro. Yeah, that's why I kept saying, let's kill the narrative because you were there. Right. You got to say you were there and you supported this team. And the, and I say this all the time. And again, this isn't like, you know, hokey, MC, Marco and speak. The players hear you. I say it all the time. It's true. They hear you. And sometimes you'll have a player say, oh, I, zone, I tune it out. I zone, once the game starts, I'm zoned in. I'm not even, I don't even know what stadium I'm and I, I'm sure it's true for some fans, but a majority of fans, they hear you. So to see those many fans out there cheering Freddie, you know, getting so excited when Snick got the trophy. I mean, all of that was real. Oh, absolutely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I, it's funny, like I, in my seventh season, like seventh season on the job, Braves fan my whole life, but this being like the, the first or the, you know, the last seven seasons being like working on the side of it, it just, it just changes your perspective on things. And it's, it's a little bit different, but people, if they had asked me before this last month and a half, what are your, what are your favorite times, your favorite moments so far, like on the job? And it was always, there was a couple there, Cunha's Grand Slam in 2018, you know, a couple certain moments here and there, but now like the last, like all of October, there's like 10 moments from that, that have it's a blur. Everything. It's it's. I told my fiance the other day. Like, I'm gonna have to sit down and watch every game from the postseason because there's just so many things that yeah. happened that was just like, oh my god, this was amazing. Oh my god, this was amazing. And you can't because we had so many amazing moments in October. Let me ask you this: yeah. What was louder, Acuna's grand slam? Or Duvall's Grand Slam. I'll tell you know what I'll tell you what I think is one that's louder than both of those. Which one? I thought Eddie Rosario um, with a three-run homer against the Dodgers uh, from from where I from my perch yeah. in the press box. That was the first time in Truist Park that I literally in the five years we've been here now, 
I literally felt, I sit in the front row there, I literally felt the building shaking. And I'm not exaggerating. Right. Like I literally was like kind of moving back in my seat a little bit because people were going so nuts. So I would, I think I would actually say Rosario. That's that's the the loudest. Up until October of 2021, it was Acuna's Grand Slam, easily and no doubt about it. Yeah, uh, I think we had. I think I think we had a couple. I think Duvall's Grand Slam du- was louder too. Duvall, to answer your question specifically, I think Duvall's was louder too. I mean, Duvall's Grand Slam, Jock, uh, Austin Riley getting oh, the walk yep. off, Freddie Freeman. Anytime Freddie Fre- Freddie Freeman get a home run, you know, on a Tuesday in July, and the place goes crazy. Sure. We could we could be losing, but there are so it, before. Before the postseason started, I did my top five loudest moments in Truist Park history. And up till then, it was Acuna's Grand Slam. But I honestly think Duvall, you know, his Grand Slam, I mm-hmm. the building was shaking. Yep. And it was beautiful. Unfortunately, yep. it didn't happen the way we thought it would that night. But there was a little part of me, though, that was kind of excited to see us win it all in Houston on their field. Sure. Um, because Sunday truly was an amazing night. But I'll be 100% honest with you. The crowd was so big, both here at Truist and out in the battery. I was a little concerned about what was going to – if we if we won the World Series for the first time in over 20 years on a Sunday night by taking down the Astros at a home game, first time having the experience of the battery, first time in this brand-new, beautiful stadium, what's going to happen? I, I'm not going to lie. I, I felt the exact same thing because yep. there were just – and, again, that comes back to the enthusiasm and the passion that, that our fans have. Yeah. But I was a little concerned about it, too. I didn't think – I try not to think too much about it in the moment, but definitely after the fact, I look back and, you know, I was like – probably not the worst thing that we yeah. didn't clinch it here. And then there's the whole thing out there, too, of there's some poetic justice if you're an Atlanta sports fan going beyond the Braves that where the 28-3 Super Bowl happened, that oh, yeah. that's where it all, that's where the curse, if you believe in all that. If you want to get into all the but grander no, I, scheme look, of things. That's, you know. I, you're 100% right. And I think what was good, too, is is I say we, as in the Braves organization, you know, the, the battery and the Braves and everyone, everyone learned this year. Because I don't think this is a one-and-done thing. Right. I think this is going to start something really good moving forward for the Atlanta Braves. So now we have it under our belt. Okay, how can we make next postseason better? Right. How do we make it more inviting for the fans? Because, look, there were long lines everywhere. And the parking was, you know, what it was for the postseason. That's just a process of, cool, this is new to us, too. Like, you can put this on paper, you know, a million different ways. But until it happens and you get the fans out there and the parade, you know, everyone learns how do we make it bigger and better moving forward right so the whole the whole experience so all right now i want to ask you a question okay okay going back through the postseason run and we say it's just such a blur what was your ricky mass your personal favorite moment okay now are we talking can it be in celebration after the world series two from october until uh what two fridays ago almost two whatever the the pair the ceremony the parade and the ceremony yeah. when they kicked everybody out at six o'clock so from yep. october yep. until the ceremony was over uh the the parade that will be the thing i was on the uh i was on the bullpen bus nice uh which was a great spot to be aren't yeah. we supposed to call it arm barn now oh the arm barn <laughs> if you will the gas station the uh uh yeah there, there's a a lot of a lot of good names for it. I saw one of the one of the bullpen guys. I can't remember which one it was. Now they they refer to it as the hashtag banged up bus. So <laughs> and I can't confirm. Mentor was. Uh <laughs> Mentor was was killing. He was deleting beers left and right up there. So good for uh, him. Yeah, I, I will say this, and it, the parade, but more specifically, the 
there were a couple of moments in that parade where we came around a corner, both in the downtown mm-hmm. section and then here in Cobb. Uh, two points in particular, and I, I I'll have to go back and remember because I, I I'm terrible with uh, like I thank God for GPS, otherwise I would be lost all the time. I'm right. terrible at remembering street names and what's what's what. Just say Peachtree. If you guys yeah, I, that's I, we probably turned on to Peachtree. And then I don't know which one's Battery Avenue or Battery Way. Uh, or, oh my God, it just it's yeah, a, yeah it's all blurred to me. Um, but there were a couple times where we would come around a corner and and I know when we were in the Cobb section here is when we first turned on to Cobb Parkway and we first from the top of that bus got a view of the the insane amount of people that were just like literally basically as far as you could see up the street and I know a couple of the players I heard them go holy you know whatever and I I remember turning on to Cobb and I just I looked and I went Oh my God. Like I literally said out loud by myself, like to myself, I went, Oh my God, the amount of people that were there and the sound. Yeah. And it was, and I mean this in a great way, it was deafening Mm -hmm. and it just didn't stop because we're just going through just literally a couple million people and they're all just yelling at the top of their lungs. And that's, I know I was somebody I work with, we were talking about, he was like, you know, it's almost, he's like, I felt myself getting a headache just because it was just so loud. But that, that to me, cause there's so many game moments I could pick mm-hmm. the, the final out, um, after the final out, like uh, hugging people that I've worked with yeah. every day for seven years um, and knowing kind of all the work that we've done and all the things mm-hmm. that have, have gone into the making that moment. Granted, we're not the team on the field, but just sure. hoping for a moment like that and hoping get, to get to work a and World how Series. how much work you've put uh, into yeah, it. Yeah, and that, 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 that was pretty that, – that, those two things, parade and then sharing that final out with people that I, I work with, care about, um, and our families. We, we, we were here at the watch party for Game 6, so – yeah. Our families were with us, or our, our, a lot of our loved ones were with us, and mm-hmm. getting to celebrate that, that was pretty special. And that was the other reason, and this is total selfishly, and you know, sure. we appreciate the fans listening to this podcast, but these are just two employees just reliving oh. an amazing month that's been uh, by them clinching in Houston, so we had that watch party, and there were still about 13,000 fans inside the stadium, probably another couple thousand out in the battery. Selfishly, you know, we had the opportunity to, me and Jesse, stage manager, we're standing on the field at Truist Park, watching the game on Braves Vision, seven stories high and an HD. Now, we had about 13,000 fans in the stands, another couple hundred, what do you think about, maybe 500 out in the field? Sure. I don't remember yeah. that final number, but there was a yeah. good number out on the field. And we it was like bottom of the ninth, two outs, we're about to win the World Series. And I'm standing there, and I just kind of nudge Jesse, and I'm like, can you believe this? And we just kind of did a look around. It was like, we're standing on second base about to watch us win the World Series. That will go down as one of the coolest moments. And then I had an emotional moment. Now, you know, I'm a, I'm a cancer baby. So, of course, everything's emotional to me. You know, I'm the Hallmark commercials. I'm like, hey, God. So there was a, a moment where after we had won on Tuesday and the crowd's going crazy inside the stadium, everybody's cheering. They come to me for my first hit. And I'm like, we did it. We did it. Braves got you. We did it. And I thought I was going to be boohoo. Because, again, we're passionate. We're emotional about sports. I've been following this team since I was born. And to be able to be a part of the team and and wear the logo and, you know, get a paycheck from the Braves and say, I'm part of this in some small way. I thought I was going to be a wreck, but I was just more, the adrenaline was flowing. So we did the first, like, we did it, Braves fans. And I scanned, they did some crowd shots and I scanned the crowd. And I mean, just people were losing. I mean, 13,000 sounded like 40,000. Oh, it it did. And I looked up, up into the 300 section and that's where me and my dad had bought season tickets in 2017 before they opened the stadium. So I wanted to make sure dad could come to as many games as he wanted to. And, you know, I'm born and raised here, so we've got 
500 million cousins. Trust me, you know how it is. Oh, like yeah. whenever there's a big game in town, Ricky, hey, it's Aunt Becky. Oh, yeah. Listen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, yep. so, but I want to make sure we all come to games. Well, you know, my dad passed away in 2017 before the season started. So he was never able to experience a game at Truist Park, but I still have the seats. So as they're doing this, I'm doing the scan of the crowd, just soaking it in. I look up to the section and it was closed off because it was just the bottom bowl was open and I saw our seats. I got real emotional and I was like, <laughs> and about right then, a couple of fans were like, Mark, come take a picture. I'm like, okay, <laughs> clean it up, son, clean it up. So there's some fans out there that have pictures with me right after we won and I'm all puffy eyed and tears rolling down my face. And they're like, he loves this team so much. <laughs> so that moment. And then I'm with you on the parade. My goodness, that is an experience that I hope that everyone can be a part of in some way, even if it's a local community parade, oh the Little League parade through your main street. Being on the, I was able to do the downtown part because um, I had to, once we got to the battery, I had to jump off and get here to the stadium to get ready for the ceremony. So, um, so we got on, I was on the flatbed at the very front and I had the heavy hitters with me and the DJ and Matthew Kaminsky, the organist. And I had a, I had a microphone and a couple of speakers. And I'm like, oh, let's go. <laughs> so we take off and we go. We leave Turner Field where they staged it. And we start going up Peach Street. And you saw it, too. As we start to go by the Capitol, there's a couple people there. You know, right. you know 20 people here, 30 people here. And we're all kind of like, okay, so downtown may not be as big of a party as we thought it was going to be. That's cool. You know, hey, once we get up to the battery, we know it's going to be out of control. And then... Then we just made that turn onto Peachtree. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, it was like a green screen yep. of as far as you could see in front of you on the right and the left side of the street, 30, 40, 50 deep, screaming, yelling. Everybody was just passionate. And it was the coolest moment. And so I'm on the mic going, Braves country, we did it. This is it. Brian Snickers right behind me. Freddie's here. Yes. And I'd read kids signs. Be like, Dansby's here. He loves you too. And like a couple of fans threw beers. I'm like, you know it. And then I missed one and it bounced off my head. So <laughs> that whole moment was so much fun. And it was just, I'll never forget how neat that was just being a part of that. I think there was one moment where where we turned in Midtown, where it was almost like the biggest cluster before of fans in a good way, mm -hmm. before we got onto the Access Street. And I went to grab the mic just to thank the fans. And I honestly, I grabbed the mic and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all that came out. <laughs> but it was, it, it was truly, and, and I, I, I'm so grateful. And one thing else that I loved about the parade and even getting back here to the battery and the party inside of, uh, of Truist Park, it, there there were no, you know, it, it was everybody. There were no white fans. There were no black fans. There were no young fans. Yep. There were no old fans. There were no Hispanic fans. They were Braves fans. Yep. And everybody, everybody was screaming and yelling and cheering and everybody was hugging. And that sense of togetherness, I was like this. This is what we're talking about when we talk about Braves country. Everybody was a fan, and I was so proud of Braves country, and I was so excited for that day. I was too, and that was something that night I was talking. Uh, I talked with my fiance that night when I, when I got home, and I said, you know what? Just beyond the sheer amount of people, what was great about this was that every time I was looking off that bus and I saw all these faces, and I said, I saw, I saw white faces, I saw black faces, I saw Latino, I saw Asian, I saw young, I saw old. I saw people from all walks of life out here and everybody was just together there for one thing and just happy. Yeah. Everybody was together and happy. And it's just, especially like 
we look we all live in this world and then the, my world of social media sure. like it can it can it can beat you down if you're not if, if you let it oh i know i saw your first tweet yeah exactly exactly yeah <laughs> i set the bar pretty low coming out of the gate but that was it was just such a beautiful thing to see and now one thing i do see on social media is that i know braves country is it, I know that this is what Braves country is because I know there are fans from all walks of life that are not just across all across the country, but across the world. And I'm familiar with that. So to actually see them, see it come together for one day in person like that was, was pretty amazing. There must be something too that, that I, this is the first I'm, I'm aware of the, the cancer baby being a, a emotional oh, yeah. thing. Cause I'm, I'm, are you cancer baby too? Yeah. When, when's your birthday? June 27th. Holy crap. June 22nd. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well that explains, cause I'm an emotional guy too. And I hate that about myself, but I am, I oh, just, I can't help it. That's what we we are. Yeah. That's why my wife wins every single argument because I'm just like, okay. Yeah. See, that's so that was, I thought when the final out happened, because I kind of had that thing of like, when this, if we pull this off, I'm, I'm going to be blubbering at the end of it. I know. Yeah. It. And the final out happened and I went into work mode, like got to post this, post this, post this. So I wasn't, I was just excited, pumping my fist. I was fine. Um, and then I, when I hugged, uh, talking about my fiance, when I gave, when I hugged her yeah, and it just, it just <laughs> It just came pouring out of every bit of it. And she was laughing, hugging me and giving me a kiss. She's like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so proud of you, blah, blah. And then I'm, couldn't stop. So Ricky's mascara is running. It is. It is. It's running down my cheek right now. It's a little little rough. But but that's, I love that. Like uh, for the ceremony, when we had, um, you know, after the ceremony on Friday, after the parade, I was able, so my wife Gretchen and my daughter Caroline, they weren't able to come to the game six. It's just late. She's eight. You know, that's just too, that's too late for her. But they were able to come to Friday's ceremony. So I had them down on the field and when they shot confetti there is a picture of Caroline just completely showered in confetti and I was like I hope she remembers this for the rest of her life and I told I tried to tell as many fathers and sons and 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 you know mothers and daughters and as many family members as I could both Tuesday night for the final game both you know at the ceremony and at the A-list play day we had uh, last week I tried to tell every single one never forget this moment. Never forget that you're on the field watching the Braves win the World Series with your dad, with your mom, your little brother, your little sister. Never, ever forget this moment. I would look at the fathers too and I'd be like, you know, I hope you never forget this moment and thank you for bringing the kids here and giving them this moment because no matter what happens from here, we may go on and win another 20 World Series, but this was the first one in over 20 years and this one was big and this one was huge and you're here for it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, I think everybody, I, I hope everybody felt that. I know I certainly felt that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, no matter what happens from here again, I hope we win the next 10 in a row, but how good did you sleep on Friday night? Oh gosh. Let's see. Friday night slept pretty good after the parade. Yeah. I slept pretty good after the parade. I came home. I, I was, I was uh, on my best behavior. I didn't drink any of the beers that were thrown on the bus. Didn't smoke <laughs> a cigar. I waited till I got home and I was done with work that night, sat on my balcony and had a beer and a cigar and, and chilled out a little bit. You know what? No, I blame you. Okay. All right. Because on, was it? No, it was Tuesday night when we when we won the World Series. Right. We're all celebrating on the field, like you mentioned earlier, because they were gone. We did have the moment for the the employees that were here. We were able to be on the field and get our picture made with the banner and really live it up for a little bit. And you gave me a cigar. I did give you a cigar. That's right. I and I hate that. cigars. Right. I hate everything about them. Uh-huh. I don't like them. I don't like the way they taste. I don't like the way they make you feel the next morning. And I woke up the next morning, and it was a Tuesday night. I still had to work the next morning. Uh-huh. And I got up the next morning. 
morning with the worst hangover. But I only had like one or two glasses of champagne the entire night because our adrenaline was flowing so hard. But I was like, why does my head? Ricky Mass and that stupid cigar. You're welcome. Oh, you son of a gun. You, you know what? You ruined the World Series for me. But I still have the cigar and we're going to get the cigar and we have some confetti and some nice. great pictures and we're getting all that shadow box. That was that was one thing. Again, we're indulging ourselves here. But Yeah, this I'm is, sorry. I, I, but, but no, but this I, is part of it. This is, part, this is kind of this is behind the brave. This, this is, is what it was like for us. Yeah, you know? and, but, but with this all being said, we're celebrating our amazing moments. But I will say, you know, for the department I work for is Braves Vision. So everything you see on the big screen from the graphics to the scores to the facts to you know when it just flip over and says Napa to the games that is my department and that that crew worked so hard yep. all season there's a crew about 15 to 20 people that are just they're every, first ones here some of the last ones leave because they literally have to turn the screen off once the night is over they worked so hard all season and I know Ricky your crew and the front office staff up here it, this it, it was such a labor of love coming off a weird 2020 season yeah. and then coming into a 2021 season where you start off you remember we started with like percentage capacities oh yeah oh absolutely like it feels like it was two years ago I know and then to deal with that and then boom just like that we open back up, back up again you know and then you go through all the issues you know of you know what happened with the Zuna and then you Soroka's not coming back and then Acuna and then it was just it's emotionally draining you know it's fun don't get me wrong it's a good sure. problem to have but y'all work so hard and so for us to be able to live in this moment for what a whirlwind that October was is neat and it's fun. And so many people here deserve that. Like the Braves country deserves that. Oh, absolutely. I think one thing I know I was talking with, um, I think Ben Ingram and I were talking about this and Kevin McAlpin, we were talking about how as this is as I think by the, the world series had started by this point. And we were talking about how, man, nobody, nobody told us how tired we're going to, we were going to be by like, by the time we got into this point, like just how exhausting it yeah. is. And I mean that in a great way. Cause it's just, you're living and dying with everything in your you're working your butt off and 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 it is and it was funny though and this is where i would tie it in with fans i would see on social media it's like fans are the same way and it, it's wearing them out too mm-hmm. just go taking this whole ride so i think i feel like at the end of it all winning the whole thing it was like all of us those that are working on this side of it fans all of us is like man emotionally we were so invested in this and it was exhausting but man the payoff was worth it at the end and not to mention we had all these west coast games and these eight o'clock starts right and postseason baseball it's not a three-hour game no they're going to sell every second of ad time so these are three and a half four hour games right so especially for these watch parties we had out here to the battery i mean you're asking people to hang out they they were getting there at five o'clock to set up their camping chairs and they were here until midnight 12 30 right you know so we asked a lot of the fans and they came through strong they absolutely did so what all right we've we've talked postseason okay what are some of the funnier moments that have happened you 15 seasons what are some of those funniest i'm sure that's a common question but i'd love to hear what are some of the funniest things that have happened to you on all the right. job. I'll give you I'll give you a couple of them here. Okay. Um all right, number number one. So my first year back in 07, 07, I was just pre-game. 08, I was plaza and in screen or in, in game. So I was doing both at the same time. So my 08 season, I'm officially on the big screen as well, but I'm still doing the plaza out before the game at Turner Field. And this was back in the day where now I'm outfitted by Cutter and Buck. So they okay. they sponsor me and they sponsor the grounds crew. So we wear Cutter and Buck, but back then it's where we wore the jerseys with our name in the back of it. You know, so like Mark 07. Mark 08, Mark 10, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was 2008, so I had my Mark 08 jersey on, and I'm out in the plaza like, hey, fans, six coming out. It's big, 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 big,
Uh, that's actually part of the script. Nice. So um, this, it. this kid comes <laughs> running up to me, and he's got a baseball in one hand and a pen in the other hand. He comes running up to me. He's like, Mark, 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 Mark. I'm like, yeah, sign my ball. And I'm like, really? He's like, sign my baseball. And I'm looking at his dad, and his dad's like, I mean, the kid couldn't have been more than, you know, eight years old, ten years old. And I was like, are you sure? And his dad's like, you know, he wants you to sign his baseball. I'm like, okay, all right. So I get the pen, and I find the sweet spot, and I'm like, Mark Owens, 2008, stay in school, flip it over, <laughs> don't do drugs, go Braves, and give it back to him. And he was like, yeah, and he ran off, and his dad was like, thanks. I'm like, you're welcome. So, oh, God, dude, man, my, my ego. Thank God <laughs> there was not a dome because it wouldn't have fit my head after that day. So for the rest of the day, I'm like, hey, I'm the world-famous Mark Owens up here on the plaza. Y'all ready for some Atlanta Braves baseball? If not, I'm here. So just, I mean, I'm just riding on this high about, I don't know, about 30 minutes later, same kid comes running back up to me and he's got his chin buried in his chest and he's walking up to him like, what's up sport? You want me to sign your Jersey next? What's going on? And he looks at me and he just has his head down and I'm looking at his dad and his dad goes, he thought you were Mark Limke. <laughs> Like, uh, let me get that ball and just try to wipe, wipe that off. off. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go in the clubhouse store and get you a new ball. Real sorry about that, kid. Uh, you know, it's sorry, a... sorry about that because oh, I had Mark on the back of it, so he thought I was Mark Limke. Oh, so, my God. yeah. Now, why did they feel the need to come back and tell you that? Uh, because I, they probably saw how big my ego was all of a sudden. Oh, probably okay. just need to be okay. humbled by just a little bit. <laughs> and that's the kid. Hey, I'm his biggest fan. He's not a big fan of Chipper or Brian McCann. He likes me. Uh, um, another good one is... Okay, so uh, the great uh, 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 Skip Carey. Mm-hmm. I mean, Godfather. I mean, one of the greatest of all time. Absolutely. So this was back at Turner Field, and in the press cafe, um, I, ha- I usually have about you know about thirty minutes, maybe a little less, between at the time between the end of Plaza and before the game starts, where I can kind of reset a little bit and get ready for the end game, get my scripts ready and everything. So I'm sitting in the old press cafe at Turner Field, just inhaling some dinner, whatever it is, and I'm just sitting by myself against the window. And Skip Carey comes. Sh- this might have been his final season, might have been the year he passed away, but he comes shuffling up to me and he stops and he goes. Mark. I'm like, hey, hey, Mr. Carey, how, how are you doing? He's like, Mark, I want you to do me a favor. I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Whatever you need. Just say the word. He's like, next time some kid loses that hat game, he said, I want you to look at that kid and say, kid, you're a friggin' idiot. <laughs> But he didn't say free. I was gonna say I bet. <laughs> and so I just I went. I just it. went. Yes, sir, Mr. Carey. Whatever you say, sir. And he shuffled off. And as he walked away, he mumbled to himself, "Friggin' idiot." <laughs> that is one thing. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I, if I could go back in time and work here when Skip was oh. still around, because I hear stories from people who who still work here now who were were around Skip, and it's just it's stories like that where yeah. it's just he just just so funny. Just like, and yeah. he and he owned the place and he knew it. Oh, I mean, yeah. the Godfather for a reason oh absolutely you know yeah. i mean he just he will go down as one of the greatest um another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Okay, one more for you. Last one. Yeah. And you've probably heard this one before. This is my all-time favorite Brave story. Okay. All right, so uh, Chipper's last season, 2012. And so this was uh, obviously at Turner Field. And you know, down below, we have the concourse below where the employees run around with the forklifts. And pregame, it's always very chaotic. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of the Braves players do, and they still do it to this day here at Truist, they'll step out of the clubhouse if they just need some privacy to make a phone call or, you know, just to get away from this noisy, you know, going on the, in, the, in the locker room. So Chip or uh, 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 Chipper Jones is standing outside, right outside the Braves clubhouse, leaning against the wall. He's on the phone. It was a very rare moment where there was nobody in the concourse. It was just me and him. So we're probably about 30 feet away. I notice it's him. We're going to make eye contact and we know each other. And this is also a big myth of working for the Braves. We're not, you know, you're not buddies with all the players, right? You get to know them. You know, you become friends with them just from seeing them every day. And, you know, I've done charity events for, you know, Brian McCann and Javi Lopez and stuff like that. But I'm not buddies with, you know, Freddie Freeman. You know, me, me and Steven Vogt aren't going to get a beer after the game. You know, <laughs> right. like like we're not like they're all they're all, you know, 25 year old millionaires. I'm 43. And my back hurts. Like We don't have <laughs> that much in common. So as I'm walking past Chip and I notice that we're going to make eye contact. So in my head, I'm mentally going, OK, what am I going to do? Am I going to do the what's up? chin up or the what's up chin down uh-huh. so i'm like okay or do you just make eye contact at all so about now we're about from me to you you know i mean four feet away and he looks at me he's he, on the phone he's like he mouths what's up mark and i'm like what's up chip pew pew oh no you did the double guns i gave him finger guns oh no did you actually make the pew pew noise oh yeah oh no i gave chipper jones finger oh, guns no. Pew, pew. oh no pew pew kept walking all right maybe this is another cancer baby thing because this is the kind of things that i the things that i do where i i like in my head what am i gonna say and then just vomit like word vomit just hey did you hear my bff out. yeah yeah oh yeah. my god yeah hey hey, hey what's going travis don't call me he's not oh. gonna call <laughs> Pew, I know, pew. I know, pew pew, and I just oh, walked by, God. and I was like, "You've got to be, you're a grown a man, and you just gave Chipper Jones finger guns. The hell is wrong with you, son? Oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I, 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 you know what? I don't think we're going to get any better than that. I think that is a great place to start. All right, I am curious, like yeah. for you, is there a time? Last thing, is there a time for you in the off season where? Because look, I think just like I love what I do here. I love mm-hmm. my job, and I know you couldn't do what you do unless you loved it. I think that's evident, just because you're so damn good at it and your enthusiasm is just unmatched and we are so lucky to have you it's fun but even still at the end of the season it's like okay i need a little time off let the batteries recharge a little bit is there a point in the off season where you're like you start like itching again or does it never go away for you do you just always want oh no i'm ready for the off season in august okay okay all right i was curious okay (laughs) no no no. we there's another myth of baseball we love what we do but i get burned out real fast yeah i mean because for a lot of people everyone here we're at all the games and I know y'all are here, you know, even, you know, when the team's on the road, but you're still working. And then we're also working for me. I could just speak for me. I'm here for these 81 games. So, you know, you get to August and especially late August, your summer's pretty much behind you. You know, you, you're starting to see what's going to happen towards the end of the season, but you don't know yet because you still have another month of baseball. So there's still a chance, but there may not be a chance, but it's still 150 degrees outside. Right. You know, you're tired. You're sick of baseball. You know, you're just, I'm just like, oh my God, I just, I want a week off from the team. I want to get away. But that's, I mean, for 15 seasons as an employee, as the in-game host, it's always like that. But I know, get over that August hump and one of two things happen in September. You are, you're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, this may not be our year, 
but hey, I know at the end of September, you know what, I'll, we'll, we'll be done with the season, get to go on vacation or play golf. Or you say, something special could happen this year. Right. So you get over that last half, you know, those last couple of weeks in August, and then you get excited about it. And then, of course, you know, uh, postseason, I mean, I'll just use this, this year as an example. I'm still on a high. Oh, like, yeah. I'm still, like, and it's very surreal, th- just everything that happened. And, and we were talking about this earlier. It, it, it's not even so much that winning the World Series, amazing, but how much work everybody put into it and how exhausting it was between the watch parties and the home games and the events and the parade and the ceremony. And the, everything is just like, wow. And it keeps popping up, you know, all these pictures will pop up or someone will send you a picture and you're like, my goodness, that was cool. So I think this, I'm going to ride this probably through the holidays and then the first of the year will get here and I'll be like, all right, you know, I'm good. I can take, catch my breath from baseball. And then, you know, the end of January, it's like, all right, spring training's here. What, yeah. are, what are we going to do next? I know. So That's- I think a lot of fans, I think the fan base, hopefully they feel the same way that there may not be much of an off season because now we're just looking at our phone saying, is he, is he back yet? No. Okay. Right. I know. Is I he know. back yet? Did they sign him? No. Nope. No. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what happens. I know. It's so, it's, it's so bizarre. Like having done this for a number of seasons now and I kind of look into my phone going, well, first of all, from the baseball side, I'm already at that, what you just said, like, all right, is we, oh, we, we signed this guy. All right. Yeah. Are we going to send that? Oh, bring him yeah. back? Oh, come on. Come on. We can, do it. we can do it. It was a good but, year. But then I also look at my phone and went, wait, Thanksgiving is yeah. That's a week from tomorrow? Oh, my God. Like, where did, where did it go? So but I'm you like think, you. But you think about it, too, because that's why you often say, and it's never been more evident, it makes sense to me now, why it's so hard for teams to win back-to-back World Series. Yes, I Be- thought that, too. Because it, it, most teams, they're done at the end of September. Yep. And so you think about, like, you know, the Mets, for example. They thought they were going to win it all. Well, then they limp out of the season, not really much happening. And so by the end of September, they're already checked out. They're not going to win. We've already clinched the East. They're not going to do wild card. It's over. It's not going to happen. So they're already mentally on vacation before the season's even over. And I'm not saying people give up or stop trying, but let's be honest. When you know that, you know, these last, this last, you know, road trip is just They know they're going to be playing golf October 5th. Exactly. So let's just get through the rest of the season. So, but for the Braves, it's like, okay, not only did we win, the season's over. Great. You've got about a week to catch your breath. And then it's the NLDS. And not only do you have to play in the, you have to crank it up to 10 and leave it there. There's no catching your breath because, all right, great job. Beat the Brewers. Oh, here come the mighty Dodgers. And we know that narrative. So you really have to keep your foot on the gas. And there's no letting up. Great job. You beat the Dodgers. We're in the world darn series. <laughs> Let's go. And so right. there is no. And so by the time it all gets done, we lost an entire month of the offseason for the best reason possible. Yep. But we lost a month while these other teams are resting up, making trades. Well, now what do the Braves do? You know, they're going to still celebrating, still coming down off that high. Thanksgiving's here. Going to eat, spend time with the family. Christmas is here. Here, eat, spend time with the family, spend the month of January trying to shed some of that holiday weight, start getting back in shape, and boom, spring training's here. And you're here. We're so we go. lost an entire month, again, for good reason. I know. I, t- I told somebody the other day, I was like, you know, I, I feel like October didn't even actually happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just went from September and now we're in November. Like, that's what it feels like, and it's it's awesome. Yeah. It's just, it's more like I'm just analyzing it because it's like it's new to me. Like, this is this is the first, you know what Snit talked about? Like, it seems like seemed like every year he was sitting on his couch watching somebody else celebrate and wondering what that's like yeah and i've kind of had that same feeling of like we're we're getting to see what all this is like that's a a great point you made too i totally i would i would understand it's hard to repeat like anyways before having gone through all this Mm -hmm. but i especially get it now because as tired as we were and as much as 
we went through there, being a player or a coach or front, you know, one of the baseball ops guys going through that. Yeah. I just can't imagine. That's just got to be the hardest thing in the world to try to go out there and do it again. But that's- and then like you've got the the mental stress. And again, I don't know what it's like to be in that position, but of a, a Solaire or a you know a Duval or Freddie Freeman, who's like, okay, w- what's going to happen next? Right. You know, you you look at somebody like Rosario. Am I going to even be in a Braves uniform next year? So you've got to mentally get prepared for that too. So yeah. I mean, the life of a baseball player. Yeah, don't get me wrong. They get paid great and they they live a great yeah. life. But at the same time, it's exhausting. And that's why they make the big money. Yeah, Ricky. That's, that's why you make the big money too. Yeah, that's a, for tweets that's a, that come back to haunt you. Yeah, that's the, not everybody can write a Limp biscuit tweet about Eric Stoltz, Mark. Um, anyway. <laughs> please, please frame that and put that above your fireplace. You know, I think I should. I think I might frame it and put it up in my queue about here. As you should. You know what, what? Don't let them make fun of you. You'll be like, no, own no, it. Greg, you can't make fun of me because I got it right here. Yeah. Okay. See? I'll just own it. Steer into it. Yeah. That's it's the, old Andy, the old Andy, is it Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec? Chris oh, yeah, Pratt yeah. character, yeah. yeah. You can't you can't make fun of him because he'll make fun of himself. There you go. All right. Stay humble. That's what we do. Thank you so much. I'm so if you're still with us, I don't know how long oh, we're into this thing. I'm so sorry. I know I've been long winded, but I could sit here and talk baseball with you and the experience. And I love giving people a peek on the inside of what it's like from our side. Yeah. And if you followed me on Twitter or uh, Instagram this season, I really tried to show fans what it's like from someone, a fan, a kid. I'm just a kid, a kid that was on the field while all this was going on. Here's what I'm experiencing. I wish you could experience this too so and i feel the same way it's at the end of the day we're just really diehard passionate fans and we're really lucky that we get to do this by the way if you're not already following mark marco 6262 on twitter mm-hmm. and what's your insta uh marco 6262 same same on Insta. Yeah, lucky okay. number that's when every time tukey if you ever see this whenever tukey would come uh whenever he was starting i would make it a point to reference his number because my lucky number is 62 perfect so he is the only player i would ever say like and pitching for your Atlanta braves number 62 tukey tucson he was nice. the only one i ever gave that to very nice here's what yeah. i've also realized about twitter too you'd be in social media you understand this i could literally tweet right now be like hey um you know I, I i just found out that my dog was hit by a car i could you know use some good vibes two likes hey man good single from ronald acuna three thousand likes 40 retweets <laughs> I know, I know, i'd like so my twitter is i can't get away with anything anymore because it's nothing but Braves fans but you know what I'm okay with that. That's it's hey same yeah same here yeah Mark thank you so much for thank coming you. all the way down here and doing this man this has been awesome all the way man. down here this is my home away from home I've seen I this I've seen Truist Park more in the past month and a half <laughs> like that's why I called Jesse my both. work wife because I saw yeah. her more than I saw my own wife and that's why when I saw that World Series trophy again going back to being cancers I almost got a little emotional he's like we have worked so hard to meet and we finally got a chance to meet and it's ours now thank you Can't Braves country thank you thank you thank you Braves country for all your support uh, of not just what you know they do on the field but for us behind the scenes as well because it is a thankless job and this front office and ricky you're part of that they work their tail off to try to give you the best fan experience and take care of the fans and it's a thankless job but y'all do a great job of it and i hope everyone was rewarded this season like you should be by that hanging that banner and i can't wait till it all happens again next year we get to you know when that a moment finally happens none of that is confirmed yet right but when that happens i hope every single employee gets a chance to just either get recognized or stand on the field or something because everyone's worked so hard so not only to you but to all the fan base as well well i I appreciate that we appreciate you and now i'm already see we're talking about that while taking some time off but i just started daydreaming about that if it's opening day and there's a banner and maybe there's going to be rings or something none of this has been nothing we know nothing but i'm just daydreaming about it already and i'm like hmm maybe i am ready for that maybe i am rested up enough i slept what two days in a row now (laughs) you know what let's go 2022 let's go once i got over that ricky mass cigar hangover i'm back in the game (laughs) 
I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, Mark, you're the best in the business, Thank man. You. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time, and uh, let's do it again sometime. Yeah, this was fun. Anytime you need me. All right. Go Braves. Hey, Braves country. We just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or at braves.com slash Behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Behind the Braves.